Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the 117 Podcast with your host, Rafael Hernandez. Welcome, everyone. This is Rafael Hernandez, and I'm here with FCB historian for the second episode of the 117 Podcast. Hey, Raf. Uh, nice to be here. Um, I think uh, there's plenty to discuss um, after this uh, interesting uh, turn of event. Um, so, yeah, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, this podcast, we are going to divide it in three segments. The first one, we are going to discuss a bit of about a bit more about the Messi interview and his attacks on the club. On the board, actually. The second, uh, the one we are going to talk on Sufati. It's inevitable after that performance against Ukraine. And the third segment will be about the signings and how the club is pushing the players out rather than negotiating a friendly exit. So, beginning with Messi, I think that by now everyone has already watched the, f the full interview and it's clear that the man wanted out. It, this hurts us a lot because he's a he's a Barcelona fan as much as we are. He loves the club, and the the best thing about the interview, even better than his actual attacks on the board, was Messi clarifying everything. He showed us that Bartomeu lied many times, and it's clear that Messi was in the right all along. Of course, most of us trusted Messi, and. Others actually question Messi's loyalty and that is honestly ridiculous even more now that we have already looked at the interview. Yeah, you've nailed it there. I think um, when when you look at the uh, broader picture and when you see how divided the fan base uh, was on certain issues, uh, there was still, uh, you know, uh, 100% behind Messi. Uh, in terms of um, his stance regarding Bartomeu. And even though, uh, you know, um, he, he didn't really um, say it outright, um, it was, uh, you know, it was clear that he, he um, he's obviously had enough with, with Bartomeu. And the most glaring um, aspect, like, uh, that, that sort of stuck out, was the fact that um, you know he um, he he obviously um, bashed the board for 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 the lack of uh, you know planning. Obviously, there was no clear direction in terms of how uh, you know the 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 many signings that they made were going to be integrated. And I think since 2015, um, the club had signed somewhere between I, th I think I don't have the exact figure, but I would say. Uh, 30 players uh, and I think only um, a handful had actually uh, had actually had an impact uh, as far as um, you know as uh, building a proper team goes and uh, it's 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 just it's only I think I think it's overdue uh, the fact that Messi is, uh, is now fed up uh, I would have liked him to kind of like um, you know, uh, clarify or, or clarify his stance and really more and say that, uh, you know, these obviously had it, but, uh, that he tried, uh, which is what he said in his defense. But I think like, uh, most of this stuff could have been said after the Roma match. Uh, I mean, that's, that's how I feel about it, to be honest. But, uh, what do you think? Yeah, Messi just said what we were thinking for the past three years, that the club is directionless, the sporting planning is known existence, and Bartomeu is managing to make things worse uh, as, we, and he, as he goes along. And this situation is bound to get even worse. I'm not talking about success in the coming season, I'm not, or not. I'm talking about institutional, uh, the, in the institutional rot that is wrapping Barcelona with will take a long time for the next presidents to fill it up 
to actually correct all of the mistakes because you basically have six years of Bartomeu ruining everything, dilapidating the club and making Barcelona weaker on the markets, weaker financially and weak. And the most important part, I think, is how Barcelona is seen right now because we have seen the club become a joke. We have seen it on the internet, we have seen on radio, we have seen on TV shows. And I think that hurts a lot, most of us. There's no other way, way around it. Barcelona have a long way to go. And Messi, and knowing that Messi basically said what we were all thinking, I think it's the biggest praise for the Barca captain, the Barca legend that we we could ever could ever imagine. He he's connected and he he lives the the everyday life of the club as much as we do. The only difference is he chose to stay quiet until now, and now we are seeing that he is one of us. I think it's it's the most important part because all of us love and admire Messi. And Absolutely. Yeah, when, when and when you get to the point that you see, okay, not only we admire the guy, but he he also sees things that the same way that we do. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It was great to see Messi speaking out. He he was fighting Absolutely, for yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. And people and people like I mean, well, a few opportunistic uh accounts on Twitter uh saw fit to bring up Puyol um, he was he was an excellent uh, leader in so many ways. Uh, there's no there's no there's little doubt about that. But really, just to sort of uh, um, bring Messi down by saying that oh this this um, oh these debacles wouldn't have happened if Puyol had been on the pitch is actually really it's just it's, it's as big an insult as, as it would get really when when you look at uh, when you look at Messi. And and just really to appreciate the style that Messi sort of uh, or Messi's style of leadership, uh, which sort of which doesn't doesn't really sit well with with many people. But I feel like uh, the way that he went about it was was uh, was really calm. The way that he uh, sort of uh, uh, really held his own during the interview, and even though you could see it on his face, it was written all over his face. Like the guy is obviously the guy was like absolutely depressed and 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 you, you you could you could tell that he'd had he'd had enough and um, and that uh, you know the, the the only way forward was for him to leave the club and rightly so and 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 he's earned the right to to sort of uh, move on uh, but but really i mean messi isn't the vocal type messi messi's the type of guy who uh you know who leads um, on the pitch like really give him the ball and he would uh, he would, he would, uh, you know, he would ch- change things in your favor. Uh, I mean, if you if you think of the uh, of, of the Paris Saint Germain uh, game from 2013, uh, when a sort of limping Messi came onto the pitch, and you know, um, and everyone was basically, uh, you know, everyone was was, uh, you know, there was there was the 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 the, the impact of this was was um, still remember uh, remembered very very fondly by fans. Because as soon as um, you know, even Messi with 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 one functioning leg, um, he was able to kind of like um, you know uh, change the tide in our favor, and we went from being uh, you know sort of uh, pinned down by by Paris Saint Germain to kind of like uh, you know uh, grabbing um, the the sort of much needed um, equalizer, which which took us to the to the semifinals. Um, but then, I mean, when you think back and, and, and when you think at how, you know, when you think about uh, Messi in general and how he, he you know, carries himself, he's, he's, a, he's not your sort of traditional kind of like leader in that sense. And I think that's, that's really unfair to kind of apply that sort of, uh, you know, or to box him like that, really. It's, it's, it's I think, takes away from his brilliance. Uh, but again, I mean, I think he's, he's, he's had enough and it was clear. And I mean, uh, uh, one criticism that I might have really is the fact that um, it was long overdue. Uh, maybe he said, uh, I think maybe after the Roma match, um, uh, I think he, 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 his idea was to sort of, you know, pick himself up and, and try again. And then I think um, Anfield was, was, was the sort of, uh, was the sort of like um, last nail in the coffin. 
and then everything after that was basically just uh, him walking through the motions. And he was still brilliant, but again, uh, against Bayern, uh, you could see that you know he was he was just really far removed from everything that was happening around him. And it was it wasn't just like this this result did not happen in a sort of vacuum. I mean, we we we'd already seen, you know, uh, or we'd already experienced the debacle in Roma, and then the one in Anfield. So obviously, at this point, this was pretty much, you know, it was it was I don't know it was it was it was in the script, I guess. Yes, absolutely. And when you think about everything that has happened with us, it was really coming, and I completely agree with the fact that it was overdue. It, Everyone would have been happier if Messi had spoken sooner. But as you said, he's not the kind of, of player to simply go out and lash out against the board. It's very rare for any kind of footballer to actually attack the club that he is currently employed. We've seen many. Yes, yes. And that's, that's, a, that's a common, like a sort of common uh, misconception that players would sort of go out of their way and then like sort of uh, demand uh, you know that a president resigns or that like a coach steps down or whatever i mean that's just really unheard of in modern times uh, but yeah there are other more sort of like uh, less straightforward ways of like rebelling against the the club but you know how much messi uh, loves the club so he's not the kind of player who would like sort of uh, you know uh, get his panties in a in a twist and 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 uh, about anything he just he just carry on i guess yes he would never and messi is is a club man he's a he's barca true and true and for those that that that, that had any doubts except for each other to to each one of us to to know deep inside what we were thinking so uh, aside from the messi interview let's talk a bit about what might happen in the future is Messi going to leave next January? Is he, is he going to leave next year? Right now, it's too difficult to say. We don't know what's going to happen on pitch, how the club is going to perform with Koeman. We don't know how bad or what Bartomeu might do in the coming months to make things actually worse because we all know that he is capable of that, honestly. And mm-hmm. you have Manchester City lurking too. Manchester City will still want to sign Messi, especially on a free, and next year too, we're going to have clubs starting to recover from the pandemic, so we might see much more than Manchester City going for his signing. We might have many other clubs fighting for his signing, not at the same... I wouldn't say that they're going to do any club will be willing to pay Messi what he earns at Barcelona, even if it's Messi. And we, we have seen before some some quite reliable claims that Messi would be willing to earn less to leave Barcelona. So Messi was never going to leave for money. And f- for those that kept insisting that Messi was just trying to pressure the board for another renewal, that's absolutely nonsense. We have seen the, the man during the interview and he was miserable. You can see that Messi is sad. He's upset with the situation that he finds himself into and the club too so right now i don't think that we we have time or the patience or the focus or the time to be focusing on what's next or what's next for messi let let us enjoy his what could be his final season at barcelona and hope for the best hope for titles yeah i think i think that makes sense and uh you know when 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 you consider his um, his age as well, he's he's thirty three, obviously, and he um, he's uh, you know a father of three kids. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, uh, I would I would go out on a limb and say that his wife wasn't particularly looking forward to leaving Barcelona. And obviously, I think he mentioned kids were were actually unhappy about leaving, uh, and that's uh, that's their home. I mean, I think they were born in Barcelona, and I think they they've. They they love the city and they they they're not so keen on leaving, um, and obviously you know uh, that that can be sort of uh, a uh, a sort of obstacle to his departure, and I think uh, you know um, 
I'm hoping that that obviously uh, Bartomeu or or whoever is one of his weaklings who who's going to be who's going to end up running uh, or one of one of Sandro's uh, weaklings uh, will get will get uh, will get voted out in the in the next elections and we'll have a candidate that will treat Messi with the level of respect that uh, that the club legend deserves to be treated. I mean, I don't think that's asking for much. What do you think about it? But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's how how big of a sort of joke that the club has, uh, has become. Uh, but when you when you think about that, and if Messi was given even the slightest bit of like uh, you know reassurance, then yeah, I mean, I think I think he'd see out his contract and he'd basically just uh, stick around and then uh, obviously just uh, I don't know uh, retire in Newell's. Or in Argentina, um, even though that's far fetched, I think we've discussed that before. I don't think that's really like gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I think I think I think he's gonna end up uh, staying if if the if the uh, if the next president really um, you know just shows him a little bit of respect. Really, that's that's all that's needed. And uh, you know, um, and if if Kuman, and I think that's highly unlikely. But again, I'm being pessimistic. Uh, that Kuman really uh, establishes himself and 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 lays the foundation for something, for for something great. Uh, but again, given his his track record and given his uh, you know, um, I mean, when we look at the um, the rumors uh, regarding the the signings and the kind the kind of players that is after, um, you know, it's not as like uh, doesn't really paint a nice picture uh, for the future. But I mean. Uh, crazier stuff has happened before so um, it would be it would be difficult to make predictions as of now but i mean really given 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 our recent history i mean i think it's just uh, it's been it's been it's been one disappointment after another since the uh, since the trouble so yeah no doubt about that and our motto for the upcoming season will have to be hope for the best expect the worst and let's get on with it let us enjoy Messi's final season if it's going to be mm -hmm. if it's not we are going to have even more fun actually watching him thinking that he's gone maybe we will even give him more respect more value because sometimes we think we even we take Messi for granted I know it this is kind of crazy to say but honestly yeah. <laughs> when, when you look back few few players ever will ever reach his level may, maybe no player has ever reached the level that he has in terms of consistency and most importantly and the, one of the reasons that I'm happiest that Messi stayed is Pelé's record Messi just needs to score 10 goals for Barcelona this season to finally get to break Pelé's record and <laughs> I know that I was one of the first people on social media to be hyping the Messi record even when he was like 150 goals behind Pelé, because as a Brazilian, and when it comes to Pelé, everyone says he's the greatest ever and, and all of that, and people keep insisting on that. And I don't think it's, it's quite that clear. I think it's quite debatable, especially when you look at, at what Messi has done for the past 15 years. So you have this record... And Messi could yet erase another one of Pelé's records. That would actually please me greatly, to be honest. And yep. when you think about it, imagine Messi might actually finish the season for Barcelona. Let's say that he scores only 30 goals this season. He would actually finish uh, his Barcelona career with over five, uh, 560 goals. Um, It's for a single shirt. It would. It has never been achieved in football history. There's a lot of weight. There's a lot of respect to that record. I would say it would be the second greatest record that he has after the insane year where he got to over 90, 90 goals in a year. When just saying that, it's silly. What a record! It is. I mean, I mean, really. I think. I think there's no debate. Really, regarding who's uh, who's the greatest of all time, and really, when you look at how well-rounded and how intelligent Messi is, and how really how how much of a you know a great team player he is, overall he lifts he lifts his team. Uh, you know whether it's just creating chances, whether it's just opening, uh, you know, or making making uh, insane runs and 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 cutting the ball forward and and doing all these amazing dribbles and and insane insane insane. 
stuff that even after 16 years of, of, of watching him day in, day out, a week in, week out, um, you know, he still manages to surprise, uh, to surprise you. And that, I think this is one, the most underrated aspect of Messi is his, his ability to, to kind of like, you know, when you, when you, when you thought, when you think, whenever you think that you've seen it all, uh, he comes up with, with, <laughs> with, with, you know, with another trick or he comes up with another, uh, you know, moment of, of just sheer individual brilliance. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, whether it's the Getafe goal, whether it's the, the, um, the Bayern, um, you know, the Bayern goal, uh, whether it's the uh, Copa del Rey final, uh, you know, um, dribble and, and, and strike against uh, Bilbao. Or, you know, I think it's never ending with Messi, the joy that he brings, um, the fact that he makes us happy, and the fact that we were basically just... I know, I know some of us wanted the best for Messi. We wanted him to find happiness or find some semblance of, like, you know, really um, some stability in the sense that, you know, he would be, um, he would have been like, um, you know, coached by Pep and like he would have had uh, or he would have been playing for a team that like really cared about him more than we, than we did uh, since 2015. So I think maybe we wanted that for him, for all the joy and for all the happiness and for all these uh, for the, for all those moments that we we kind of like we were blessed to kind of like really experience as Barca fans, uh, and we wanted the best for him at the end of the day. But I mean, still, I mean, the fact that he decided to stay really isn't isn't really um, a bad thing in and of itself. And uh, I mean, it's not really a sign of defeat. Uh, I think I think some aspects of this sort of like um, exit strategy was was really poorly. Uh, executed and poorly planned, but when you factor in the pandemic and everything that happened, really, I think the decision was not the decision. When you think of it in broad terms, the decision was not made in the heat of the moment. But I think the execution was in the heat of the moment. So he waited. I think he he decided. I think he took his decision after the Bayern battering, and I think that's when he said, "You know what." screw it all I, I i want to leave and i think i deserve to kind of like uh retire uh whilst playing you know somewhere where i'm actually you know enjoying my football rather than having to kind of like carry a a dysfunctional team and just really um you know uh uh be the one who's who's making everything look nice and and functional on the outside but deep inside it's 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 uh it's still uh, and will always be a, a, a mess until Bartomeu leaves. So, yeah. Interesting that you said about enjoying himself because Messi has been pretty much the only thing that we Barcelona fans have enjoyed for the past two seasons. And it's even more absurd to realize that the man himself wasn't enjoying himself, but we were enjoying him. So, yeah, that's... It's quite strange and it's a testament to his greatness because most people have already forgotten but uh, Messi's, uh, Messi's performance in the Enfield season was one of his, I would say, his, one of his top three greatest seasons and the man only finished it with the league. It was quite unfair to him. So this kind of thing, it kind of stings and it's the way that you're defeated. It's not defeat itself because defeat is part of life, it's part of football. Messi knows this. And the best example around is easily the one that the, the Chelsea defeat in 2012, where Barca were defeated. It was incredibly painful for each and every one of the fans. But still, we had the entirety of the Camp Nou applauding the team. And that's exactly... And when I saw that that day, I felt that it's exactly what I want to feel when I watch football. It's about knowing that your team gave gave their best, but it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It's it's yes. part of football. It's it's part of everything. And when people say that, okay, Messi will go to Manchester City to win the Champions League, in which they never won, that's ridiculous. And I wouldn't say that it's not about the Champions League. It's about Messi knowing that he is at a club that is completely focused on winning. And that defeat will come, of course, but it's one of the naturals of the sport. It's not 
something that will go it will happen inevitably because that was the feeling against against Bayer. We were actually expecting a defeat and even a trashing yes. and we know what happened. So mm-hmm. guys, it's been nearly 30 minutes this this podcast was supposed to last only 30 minutes but i as i, as I said before uh, we will uh, this podcast will grow as as we get more experience and as I, as i said before i ask for patience and apparently it's going to be better to discuss only a subject for a podcast but we will see as promised we will discuss all three subjects on this on this podcast we will divide the segments into YouTube, into clips uploaded for YouTube. And that's it, guys. And Sufati, what's his future? Uh, what do we think about a pay- the player? Why he hasn't performed, uh, why he hasn't played as much as he should have for the past season? And that might seem quite crazy to say this. But Ansu didn't play enough last season. When we see performance like a performance like he played versus Ukraine, the the kid means business. He's he might be. I think it's clear by now that he he will be. He's a he's a generational talent. Let's not jump the gun and start putting putting him together with Mbappe. Absolutely not. And other players. I don't think that's even necessary. He's too young for that. But I don't think it's even fair, I guess. Yeah, it's not fair, honestly. And what's really stung me as as I watched the, the Ansu's highlights against Ukraine was the fact that his performance against Ukraine was better than any any of the performances that he gave for Barcelona last season. And absolutely it's not his fault. I think it's it's the club's fault, it's Bartomeu's fault, inevitably. Because we had Valverde in a final season that it shouldn't yeah, that it shouldn't have happened, and then we had Setien arriving at the mess of a club and not being able to make any changes, and he got completely crushed by the board. Mm-hmm. And so what we see, because I I was a big crit- uh, I was a big big critic of Luis Enrique before. And he deserves. He's a better coach than Setien or Valverde, whoever be. Absolutely. And yeah. what we are seeing, how he, how Ansu played yesterday, yeah, that's a sign that under a good coach, Ansu will absolutely become a spectacular player, and it might be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm. I'm very optimistic about. Um, you know, that's that's. Um, I think that'll surprise many people, but I guess. Um, Lucho has had um, that first-hand experience working with the Barcelona youth. So he, he's developed a few players uh, when he was at the B team. And of course, uh, Lucho, Lucho is a great, uh, you know, one-to-one sort of like manager. Um, he's, he's very good at motivating his players. But of course, I mean, without, without, like, without remembering the, the, the final parts of his, uh, of his Barca spell, uh, if we focus on the on the fact that he's he's quite um, he's quite good at galvanizing, uh, you know his his players, and he used to be he used to be like that when he was uh, Barcelona captain. So um, it's it's just it comes as a as no surprise that Anso felt sort of uh, you know liberated and he was like sort of a lot more focused on the pitch versus Ukraine. And I feel like you know playing for Spain is actually a uh, you know um, I think. It's it's slightly easier than uh, than playing for Barca, uh, especially the fact that uh, you know Ansu wasn't really necessarily in Valverde's plans uh, earlier on in the se- you know in the you know 2019-2020 season, but of course due to injuries and suspensions he was basically thrown into it. And uh, yeah, I think his um, scoring against Osasuna in an away game that really sort of uh, was was the best sort of introduction, and it was it felt like. You know, with, with with youngsters, with Barcelona youngsters, with the Masia, Masia uh, youngsters, you know, and I think back to that game when he scored. If he hadn't scored that that game, I think if if he had a run, uh, then basically, uh, you know, people would say, oh, you know what, he's not good enough. But the fact that there is something to go with that alongside that performance, uh, you know, something quantifiable, like um, uh, <laughs> a goal being scored or an assist, it actually really takes away from 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 the brilliance of, of these youngsters, 
and um, you know, really, it, it just. But I think Ansu was 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 able to overcome a lot of these um, issues due to his strong personality. So he's he's very aggressive, and even on the ball, he's he's quite aggressive. He's he's quite assertive, and he plays with a with a purpose. Of course, like any any youngster, like any seventeen year old, he's bound to make a lot of mistakes with the. With, I mean, in possession, and of course, at times, you know, these these wannabe critics are, are sort of like magnifying and nitpicking. Uh, you know, uh, as if like uh, you know, Ansu is like really a developed uh, player or a finished article. But when you compare um, Ansu to the to the second most or the third most expensive signing in the club uh, club's history, uh, Osman Dembele, uh, Ansu is really a much better decision maker. He's um, he's just uh, you know he understands and interprets movement really well. And he he knows how to um, how to uh, you know get the better of defenders or get get past defenders in in one versus one situations. And still the the kid is still growing. You know he's he's only seventeen. So at this time, you know if you if you put him on a on a proper uh, you know uh, exercise uh, regimen, and if you, you know he gains a little bit of mass and strength, you know he'd be he'd be a lot a lot more better. And we're just really talking about it more in terms of raw talent now, as opposed to him being like sort of uh, you know um, finished or, or the sort of finished article. Uh, and there's still like there's still a lot more to be to be had there, and. Um, one thing really that really uh, also makes me optimistic is the fact that Kuman Kuman's um, had a really good uh, track record of developing youngsters at Ajax. And for those who don't know, uh, Kuman has basically uh, introduced uh, the likes of uh, Bramovic, uh, Maxwell, um, uh, Vermalen, uh, Van der Waard. I think he gave Schneider his, his debut. Uh, at Ajax, so basically the guy is really good at, at at facilitating the transition from from you know the sort of B team to the to the first team. So he's a great uh, you know uh, manager in that sense. Although tactically, I think I have my reservations uh, with him, uh, seeing as how you know he, he's, he's basically bottled at, at, at Everton and, and Southampton. So basically, uh, but still he's he has a good good record when it comes to developing players and i feel like uh that's been a consistent sort of uh feature of his uh of his coaching you know uh, regardless of, of regardless of where he went so uh yeah i think i think that's one thing that makes me optimistic uh, about Koeman. yes uh, i would say that Koeman's uh, track record that bringing true players from the youth things is arguably his best asset as a coach alongside his leadership because he's a very tough guy. He, he doesn't shy away from making the big decisions. So I'm honestly optimistic about that side of him. And getting back to Ansu, I would say that it's interesting that the club has already renewed him, but they were already working on another renewal and that renewal simply stalled and disappeared. And we should be thankful that the pandemic has happened. I know this is ridiculous to say, but I'm saying only a sporting sense that Ansu only only has a 120 million clause when he was playing for the yeah for for the B team. But now that he will be he registered as a first team player, his release clause is raised to 400 million, and that's quite a relief because. We have seen the reports that Manchester United were sniffing around for Ansu signing. And at the beginning, I thought it was ridiculous because United right now don't have the money for Sancho. So how they could, uh, yep. how, how they could get Ansu, who's even younger, it, it wouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Ansu and what he did, I would say that the reports were more likely to have some kind of substance or at least Mercer United were considering moving for him in the long term. And then came the news that Jorge Mendes is now Ansu's uh, age, uh, agent. And mm -hmm. I, was, I was quite worried at the beginning because you know how Mendes is. He's always going to, he's always going to be scrambling for his, client, his clients, but... Good for us to recall too that Mendes was is acts like a, a godfather to to many of the younger players. He helped Cristiano a lot and many other players too, and he might be a good influence for Ansu 
if Ansu, Ansu, we all know that Ansu and his father love Spain, they love Barcelona. So I wouldn't say that there's a possibility that Ansu will simply will simply go and leave because uh, he his contract will last until 2024. So I wouldn't be worried about Ansu leaving right now. What I what I'm worried about is Ansu playing because yeah. mo- most people have overlooked the fact that. Depay, who's been linked with Barcelona and likely mm-hmm. coming, he plays on the he's he plays as a left-sided forward, so he would get in the way of Ansu, and that worries me greatly, especially when you consider that Koeman is asking for the pay himself. So that's that's a bit of a that's a big if on my book. That's a big worry, but we will have to see what happens. This kind of thing once again worries me greatly because Barca don't show any foresight, any sporting planning. I would say that any any strong board that does a, uh, that already doesn't have money would go to Koeman and say, "Koeman, you're right. I know that uh, the pie would be good for us, okay, but we have to trust more youth. We don't have the money, and Ansu is a real talent. And when yep. it it gets to the point where Ansu is starting for Spain, you know, so yeah." People say about squad depth. Uh, I wouldn't say that squad depth is a is a problem to Barcelona. If you look at the at the forward options that we have right now, oh yeah, we're, we're pretty much we're pretty much stuck up front. Really, I mean, it's crazy. It's kind of like really, it's it's uh, they're ignoring the fact that Ansu Fati is really you know uh, is really on a sort of upward trajectory in terms of his like development and like his. his his, uh, you know, performances and all that. And the, and the kid is kind of like growing into it. And the transition is really has, has been difficult, but he's managed it. He's managed it really well. And he, he deserves, he deserves all the plaudits for that. But the fact that the club's response is to think of, oh, you know, Lotaro, Depay, uh, you know, that's just really a big insult to, 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 to Ansu. And really, you know, I mean, I know, I know that, uh, you know him leaving the club at the minute is not the viable, uh, the most viable thing. But again, if I were Ansu, I would be thinking about my future. Really, I'd be saying, "Oh, you know what? I've had this amazing breakthrough season, and I'd be expecting to play more." Right? I mean, this is the only logical thing is to kind of like expect to play more uh, in twenty, you know, twenty in in the upcoming season. So, of course, I mean. I mean, when you see that the club is being linked with 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 um, with Depay and and Lotaro, I mean, it just really makes you think that oh, you know what? What am I gonna am I gonna get the same minutes? Am I gonna be able to play more? Am I gonna? Uh, and 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 there's of course there's this sort of direct link between uh, you know uh, playing uh, minutes, you know, and 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 developing. So how are you gonna? expect him to to sort of develop and and grow when he's he's not being played and there was this missed potential uh last season when he was sort of uh you know he when Ansu was 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 uh you know be- breaking through uh the fact that he was he wasn't being used as much and he wasn't being played as 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 frequently as we'd hoped you know that that really really uh, uh was was a disappointment and i think he he's, he's disappointed as well but uh, you know, we'd expect him now to 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 play more. So so it doesn't make sense really to get to get uh, to pie. But I mean, if he, if you're going to get him basically to cover for Suarez, then that's a different issue. But again, where does that leave Griezmann? Where does that leave uh, Dembele? So so basically, what we we've been promised a revolution, but we've seen very little to suggest that there's anything that's going to be like you know uh, that's that's going to change. So. Yeah, we're back to to I guess square uh, square one. Yeah, I think that the best example of this was the match against Bayern last season. Always the Bayern match, we can't help it. But it's good to first recall that Barca B were in the playoffs to be promoted to the second division, and Setien didn't allow Ansu and Puig to play uh, against the. The, the two teams that Barca B were facing, I don't recall them exactly, but Barca B ended up knocked out, uh, defeated in the in the final match of the playoffs, and we had the situation when the Bayern match came and Ansu didn't start or play and Ricky Puig did, didn't play or start too. So you have the situation where the players had these two players had 
everything to start versus buyer. I don't care about, okay, how about our chances? Goddamn, guys. We we just, we got trashed. Buyer <laughs> scored eight goals against us. So it couldn't have been worse. And Ansu had a lot of pace and we saw how buyer struggled against the little pace that Barca had. And the same thing could be said about Bayer in the final against PSG. So Ansu and Eriki Puig would, would have been much better to start against Bayer than those that started. I would say that Vidal starting that match was ridiculous. It didn't make Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. <laughs> and looking back, it's it's that kind of thing that really stings because uh, a young player and the fans too, because the young players know that they are doing their best. They are being and if you if you went to Ricky Puig and ask him in a of course behind closed doors and if he was being honest if he had a best yeah, if he had a better performance than that Vidal and Rakitic that season even Busquets even better than Busquets they uh, Ricky would have told you that he had it, it's the same for Ansu yeah it's it, it's the kind of thing that it's really hard to understand from a from a fan and sporting and player and any kind of standpoint really it it shouldn't have happened and but it happened it was really frustrating you're listening to the 117 podcast and now let us speak about the the third and final segment of, of the podcast okay so barcelona and transfers so what's next for barca we had we have had we have had links with Lautaro Martinez and Depay. We we now do and a few links with Thiago too, but that's just wish, wishful thinking, as we all know. Koeman hmm. apparently is having some degree of influence in the transfers. If if he's asking for Dutch players and Dutch players are being linked, it might be lazy from the media too. We don't know, but uh, Koeman is at least being given some leeway on how to select transfers because Valverde didn't have any leeway and honestly Lucio barely had any too. It was a, it was just Rakitic and that's it. And when he did, he actually chose Rakitic over Cross. It's something that, okay, it ended well for us with a treble, but then when you look back, Cross and Rakitic's careers, it kind of hurts, right? So... Uh, we haven't been linked with any fullbacks. It's it's really strange because Jorge Alba is a wreck, Semedo is unreliable, and Sergio Roberto mm-hmm. has basically lived his entire Barcelona career because of that goal versus PSG and that run to set up Messi in the Clásico. So, yeah. I think Semedo is um, just really insisting on, on renewing his contract is really suspicious if not downright stupid, really just being caught between two, um, <laughs> I would say really being being forced to choose between Sergio Roberto and uh, Semedo's uh, it's just the equivalent of, of um, you know, choosing your, I don't know, your favorite way to die, I guess. Um but aside from that, really, look at Piquet, who's who's now 33, going 34. Uh, Longley, who's, um, who, you know, who's been a consistent, I mean, who's been consistent in terms of, like, uh, being a professional and whatnot. But again, to me, I think I think Longley isn't, isn't really the type of uh, centre-back I would, I would go for if I had the choice. Uh, Jordi Alba, as you've said, he is, he is just... Awful beyond measure. And what's next? We we we, we haven't seen anything really suggest that uh, you know there will be anything uh, or any incoming players, uh, center backs really, which we which we uh, which we need so badly. And the fact that uh, MTT is still like um, still at the club is 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 a testament to to our really abhorrent planning. And when you think of the fact that he was renewed. Despite the fact that they they had um, they had prior knowledge about his um, his injury, um, just shows you how awful we are when it comes to planning. And that's the most basic stuff. So I don't expect uh, I don't expect PK to be to be replaced by anyone. 
uh, I don't expect uh, us to make any proper signings. I mean, uh, Alaba's there for God's sake. Um, uh, you know, he is available, and 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 you know, we're, we're just basically stalling. So, and 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 City uh, are rumored to be interested in Semedo, but you know, uh, we're, we're not offering him. You know, uh, the way to kind of like uh, you know, as part of an exchange deal to get to get Cancelo. So it doesn't really seem to me that you know the defense is 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 the focus of our planning. It's it's never been, I guess. Uh, it's always just the attack. You know, Roma happened. Okay, let's let's buy let's buy. You know, uh, let's get let's get uh, Griezmann and 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 Malcolm or, or whoever. And then um, uh, Anfield happened. You know, we went after all these all these players. So. It's just basically us reinforcing the attack over and over again, and there's no there's no end to it, really, and it just keeps failing. But we were somewhat insisting on that. I don't know why, but uh, here we are, and and I don't expect any any changes to be made to the backline. So, uh, yeah, that puts us uh, that puts us at a at a risk of being of being uh, thrashed over and over again, and it wouldn't surprise me, really. Yeah, honestly, the the sporting planning has to. The club, as we said a dozen times, is completely nonsensical. It doesn't exist. And when you look at the, the planning about the links uh, with the players that we had this this summer, it's absolutely ludicrous. And honestly, if it was up to me to bring back to sign you Winaldun and Depay, I would actually don't. I, I wouldn't sign any of these players. I would go all out for Upamecano. I would just spend. The entire budget, that the, the the entire small budget that we have for the summer on the guy because we need better players at the back line. It's something that the I board, agree. yeah, the board hasn't realized this, and we have known this for the past three years. So our fullbacks, we we, we right now at the club, we don't have a single good fullback. It's that it, it's no. that clear because. It's just a it's just a matter of watching them play and uh, and the man, maybe Manchester City was really interested in Semedo uh, a few months ago, but now Cancelo is getting back on track. He's finally understanding what Pep wants from from him, and he's actually playing well. So yeah, I would say that was, there's no way that Manchester City are trying are going to swap Cancelo for Semedo because Semedo isn't even half the player that Cancelo is. And I would yeah. say that Cancelo is better going forward. He's better at crossing. He's better at finishing. He he he's a bit weaker than than Semedo at defending, but he's he's actually improving his positioning and he's getting he's getting better by the day. So yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And it's the same for the centre backs. I, I'm really fond of Lenglet. He was one of the players that I wanted Barca to sign before they moved for him. So I was happy when he was brought in. But he's not. He's not. He needs a better partner, and he needs a, a quick. I wouldn't say a better partner because BK is is great at what he does on pitch, uh, most of the time. So it's more of Lingley needs a quicker partner, and maybe he he would even take. Uh, he could even become a backup depending on who who he who he would sign as a centre back. But truth be told. I don't think that we are going to make any changes at our entire back, back line. We are likely going to bring you Wijnaldum and Depay. And that's really tough to say because we... I, I want to say that these, these two uh, Dutch players, they aren't bad. Absolutely not. I would say that Depay is a, is a decent player going forward. He's not a world-class, but he's played very well for Lyon. Uh, even after that awful injury that he suffered, he was out for 200 days. And mm-hmm. he could bring, uh, he could actually bring Barca a bit going forward, but he would get in the way of Ansu, as we said, and other players too. And then you you have Wijnaldum, which doesn't make much sense. Not that he's a bad player, but he's not a a Barcelona type of player. And that's it goes back to that stuff that people say that Barca Barca's possession ga- uh, based uh, plan doesn't work anymore. And it's time to wake up. We haven't actually played with like, like we should have. We haven't planned like we should have to actually play the Barcelona way. It's been and it's been a long time. Lucho uh, actually changed the way that we played, and from there on, we had other changes. But we haven't played uh, like like the, the Barcelona way for a long time. 
and it's time, yep. it's time for people to to realize that and we now don't exactly the kind of player that you bring if you don't want to play the Barcelona way ever again especially when you have Thiago available we all we I would say that 90% of us would like Thiago back at the club and he deserves another chance because he was pushed out let let us recall that Tito is, uh, stopped playing Thiago uh, during the season for his release clause to stay low, to stay at 25 million. And then Bayer came calling with Guardiola and he went. So we all have, we all watched how, how great that, that Thiago has played. That, that performance in the, in the Champions League final was absolutely incredible and he deserves another chance. So honestly, our summer is likely to be Winaldo and Depay, and that's it. We have lots of sales to make. We have the Untiti situation, as FCB historian said, that honestly, we can't get rid of, rid of him. He's actually dead weight. And Vidal and Suarez want to leave, but both of them are actually pushing the club to go there and actually pay their their food the, the, their wages for the final season or they won't leave. So we have this situation where the players have been mistreated by by the club and they're so frustrated at the way they're treated that they're actually making the bands to leave because the club knows because they know that the club needs them to leave. It's quite an embarrassing situation for us and there are many other players that are set to be pushed out. It's it's really, it's really a messy situation. So, honestly, I wanted us to go for Thiago because he would be ideal to us. But backline signings take priority. And let's say when it comes to left backs, a uh, player like Atalanta's Robin Gosens wouldn't be, wouldn't be expensive. We could actually give another chance to Miranda, who was a chalk. And didn't go well, and we are trying to push Todibo out too. When he has shown to be quite reliable when he played, it's all it's all very tough to understand. So uh, we are nearing the one hour mark of the podcast. It was supposed to last only half an hour, but the the chat was really fantastic, and it was worth uh, recording for all, for all of this time. So, guys, uh, looking forward to recording more podcasts. Want to thank FCB Historian to be here. And see you on social media. See you soon. Take care, guys. See you soon, guys. Take care. This was the 117 Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.